Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Heidi Little, and you are tuning into One Love Rising, where all things are connected and we talk to oneness. I am looking forward to this interview today. We have uh, Nate McCannion, I hope I said that right, coming on today. Um, I was recently introduced to Nate through a, a new platform that I just found out about called Being and Doing uh, that he is working with. But Nate has his whole own thing going on, and I think that it's um, a really important bridge and weaver to the whole world. We have um, Nate facilitating intentional gatherings around the world in celebration of mindfulness, unity, and spiritual development. Some notable projects include Calm Collage, Student Meditation Movement, hosting mindfulness classes with cancer patients in New York, facilitating transformational psychedelic retreats in Europe, initiating hospital volunteering programs for youth and teens, and launching a cohort of the Adopt a Survivor program. Connecting with Jewish students to Holocaust survivors in the digital world, Nate's meditation content has been featured on many industry-leading wellness platforms, including Calm, Simple Habit, and Wave Meditation. He returned to the United States in February 2020 after a 12-month world expedition where he lived and studied with various wisdom communities in Asia and Hawaii. Nate, good morning. Welcome to One Live Rising. Good morning, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So we were just reading your bio, and there's so much juicy greatness in here. Um and the one thing I want to say before I have you say anything was right off of your website. Where did it go? Um, I think this one line kind of will sum up our entire show. Um, from teaching meditation to cancer patients to facilitating plant medicine ceremonies to guiding kids on leadership expeditions and in the wild, the nature of Nate's work is diverse and always inspired by the heart. Nate. Awesome. <laughs> what, what a trip, right? Like you literally just got back to Manhattan. So, okay, so the first thing I ask everybody when they come on the show is, what does oneness mean to you? <sighs> what a question. Yeah, I think oneness means, every, means something else to everybody. But mm-hmm. to me, it means belonging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really means belonging. Well, that's I found that there's... That's the answer I've heard. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> there it is. Awesome. Yeah, because there's, there's, a, there's a, um, a level of simplicity that I really love to sit in when I'm really immersed in a feeling of oneness and belonging. Everything just feels so simple. It's kind of an unwinding, right? It's like there's this onion of our hearts, and it's glowing, and it's luminescent. And we go through our day, and we're just packing it on with all these layers, all these expectations of 
how things are supposed to work and what conditions need to be present in order for us to really feel connected to the people in the world around us. But when you unwind and when you peel those layers off, and that can mean something like reading a really inspiring book or just listening to the perfect song at the perfect time, or mm-hmm. even just taking one really nice deep breath, um, those layers start to unfold and that luminescence starts to glow a little bit stronger. <laughs> and uh, that's really it. When, when we rest in that simple place, we cozy up in the nook of the present moment and can feel immersed in that feeling of belonging. And, and it's wonderful and it's oneness. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where should we start? If you could share um, with the world, you know, the fruit of these experiences that you've been having, you know, what should we talk about first? Mm-hmm. What should we talk about first? Well, I am coming straight off of this trip, and traveling is just ripe with with lessons, and the road mm-hmm. is, is an amazing classroom. Um, so we can talk about that. And right, there's so much to be said about how traveling uh, can inform us on, on what oneness and what unity are all about. Um, mm-hmm. Part of what I you know, left and my home for, I was living in San Francisco and I was feeling this really deep intuitive urge that there was just something out there. There was this kind of Jack Kerouac on the road, deep mystical journey <laughs> that I needed to have. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that I was looking for stories. Uh, mm. I thought that I was looking for stories, but now that I'm, you know, fast forwarded 12, 12 months and I've, done uh, martial arts under waterfalls in Hawaii and I've studied with shamans and I volunteered at hospices with Buddhist temples in Myanmar and I've written poetry atop the mountains of Morocco and I I find that these days I have nothing but stories but I realized that it wasn't stories (laughs) that I was looking for It's, it's what the stories bring us it's the editing of um, how we approach this this moment to moment experience, and um, really, what has helped me do that the most in a most clarifying way is is learning how to surrender. Traveling is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable, and and every single day is just like full of little tweaks in your plans, the way that you thought your day was supposed to go. So much your life's like, uh-uh, that's not the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, there's flowing. just a, Flow. just right? flowing. Flow. Just, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And weaving and weaving, right? The, I, I see your, your colors. So, I don't usually have problems asking questions, so (laughs) 
what are you what 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 are the offerings you know coming out the other end like you live a life of service and and you work with people and what what can they learn with you what can they be with you what what can they experience when they come into your into your work into your world hmm. yeah um I would like to think that everybody has this this qualitative energy that they resonate and no matter what kind of situation they're in, who they're around, you know, whether you're walking the streets of New York or you're in your office or you're around the dinner table with your family, there there mm-hmm. is this essence of our beings. There's a this this quality that, that we are each a source of. And for me, I think my source is, is one of celebration. It's it's one of uh simple joy. Um, for the ceremony of life that we're all part of. And um, it it's uh, rather abstract, but one way that I'm trying to implement that that's been really fruitful is in um, facilitating these meditation classes and um, facilitating retreats using different kinds of plant medicines and just allowing the magnitude of people's life to really sink in. I mean, there's a moment where you can observe a click in somebody where they say, wow, right? Like I've just been waking up every morning and going through uh, the routines, but like this apple that I have in my hand for breakfast, it is a miracle <laughs> that this apple exists. Right. <laughs> and it is fueling my consciousness. So, so there's a, a level of wonder that can really facilitate deep healing. Um, and, and I'd like to think that there is one thing that I could offer to the world, having seen all the ways that wonder plays out um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my own life while traveling, just wanting to share that. So there's that. And then also on, on another note, there's a sense of um, loneliness that has really seemed to permeate a lot of the world these days. And people are left flailing for some kind of deep, intimate connection. Um, and that, that kind of intimate con- connection is the fuel that, that gives us motivation to, to wake up and keep going and, if we're not feeling connected, it's just so hard to, you know, mm-hmm. get 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 our energy moving. So, mm-hmm. I I try and have an intention in, in all the work that I do to leave this legacy of connection, to leave an imprint on all the spaces and relationships where I have, where there's not only a deep connection interpersonally and. Um, there's, you know, more, more friendships, more love, but there's also this really um, uh, deepened internal connection too, where we're connecting with the deepest part of ourselves. Um, so, so it's a combination of all those things. It's wonder, it's mm-hmm. celebration, it's connection in, in, in my best days, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just the source of laziness and I just want to kick back and watch documentaries of planet earth and, when I do that, I, I try to do that with a, the <laughs> flavor of celebration, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure, exactly. Every moment being mindful that we're connected to everything and that what we feel and what we think and what we have and how we act and who we are affects everything, right? Like that's 
that's exactly what you're saying. So um, let's talk about, I'm really curious about your plant medicine journeys. Um, I have never had anyone on the show who does plant medicine work. Um, do you want to talk to, do you want to speak to that? Do you want to share about how that works? And do you have anything coming up in the future that people can get in on? Because I know that some people are seeking that kind of clarity that they've heard comes from plant medicine. Um, and then, you know, we're living in a, in a, in a, a cultural place where we're dealing with, you know, epidemics and, and healings and, coming out of silos and into community and, you know, figuring out how to revitalize and flourish and just keep moving in the veins of what you're speaking to, you know, with, with connection to, to the core of the onion. (laughs) The bioluminescent onion. (laughs) Yes. There you go. I love it. I know it. Right. And it's like, I get, I get all, all of the sheaths, I get all of the bodies, the emotional bodies, the psychological bodies, the intuitive body. I mean, all that. I've always just cut to the chase. You know, I'm like a, I'm a source energy kind of girl. So, you know, it's like coming, living in that pure sense of, of divine being and then moving out into the world. The only problem with that is some things really don't make any sense, right? There's a lot of things that really don't make any sense, the way we live and, and mm. how, how what we're doing, you know, so. I guess uh, progress, and then I want people to understand your medicine in the world, also. You know, like and, and who who you are as that being the medicine. Because I think that everyone, and I feel that everyone can become something of that in their in their space in their place. You know, to so just tap in, tune in, turn on, light up, <laughs> right, and then and then we're golden. So, how do you do that? Tell me some steps, like. You work with children mm. and youth. You work with the plant medicine. You know, you're working with cancer patients. We have very we have similar similar things that we do. So I want to know all of it. Mm. <laughs> we only have 20 more yeah. minutes. So. <laughs> so you know okay. what you think. Well, uh-huh. I'll, I'll start with the plant medicine, and uh, I like um, what did you say? Tune in, um, light up. That's, that's a nicer way of yeah, saying drop much. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drop in, drop in, tune in, drop in, light up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll um, tell you about the arc that I took in, in getting to where I am with the medicine work. Um, when I was a student at the University of Michigan, uh, six years ago, I, I started a daily meditation practice and Every day I found myself being um, riddled with more questions about this life and this consciousness and this practice than answers. And um, mm-hmm. I was really desperately seeking a community to, to um, you know, have these conversations with. But mm-hmm. it didn't exist yet on my campus. And so um, I decided to, to start it. So I, I co-founded a group with some dear friends called Awaken Ann Arbor. And we were the University of Michigan Mindfulness Club. Um, hosting weekly meetups to meditate, go on nature walks, uh, watch Alan Watts videos, have vegan potlucks. You know, it, it kind of was a more official version of a, a student, uh, modern day student hippie club. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. within a year, um, it really started to pick up. And we had one week where over 100 students came to meditate. And that's when we knew that, that something was happening here. There was really a shift of interest. Um, towards this kind of work. So 
at that point I started uh, teaching meditation and being kind of this, um, you know, this, this community architect of all the different networks on campus who are interested in self-development and personal growth and consciousness. And um, as it happens, college students tend to be pretty interested in psychedelics. And as one of the kind of leaders of the, this consciousness group, I sort of became an informal ambassador of, um, you know, doing these medicine experiences, helping people navigate uh, the deep realms of what psychedelics can bring up to them. And uh, it, it came very naturally to me. I just, I just felt this incredibly profound connection with the psychedelic state and, and mm-hmm. helping hold space for people that are uh, releasing a lot of old stories mm-hmm. and old energy and being mm-hmm. filled with the good stuff. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and those moments were the moments where I felt just so aligned and I uh, really knew that, that there was something to it. So mm-hmm. I continued for a few years um, just informally, you know, hosting retreats and doing some ceremonies um, until this past year where in March 2019 I went to Hawaii and I studied with a, a shamanic facilitator who mm-hmm. had uh, had studied directly under a shaman from the, the Amazon in Peru. And, um, you know, we were we – were, taking the plants and singing to them and uh, inviting over the locals to sit these weekend retreats. And there's a level of magic that was really revealed to me. And it was so humbling and so uh, fantastic that I just said, there's, uh, there's no way I can't not see this through. So um, I, I ended up going to the Netherlands in October and um, working with a retreat center called synthesis. And they do uh magic truffle retreats um and it's it's in this absolutely amazing uh state-of-the-art facility called the lighthouse um the team is world-class there these are people that have been facilitating psychedelic sessions for sometimes decades and uh the whole you know system was 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 so incredible um that it really continued to inspire and affirm this path so I can say that um, in every ceremony, there is some kind of story that comes out of it that really um, motivates this work uh, without, you know, going into too much detail. I'll I'll name a couple of them. Um, There was Mm -hmm. somebody who um, had been a chain smoker uh, with cigarettes for a few decades, and Mm -hmm. um, he had tried to quit smoking multiple times unsuccessfully. Mm And so he mm-hmm. came. He came to do a ceremony, and there's um, this level of connection. The, the same connection I was talking about earlier, where um, he really got in touch with his body, and for the first time understood his body to be a temple for his awareness, which is this miracle. And um, every time he smoked a cigarette, he was he was degrading this this incredible temple of his body, and that insight came became very clear to him. Uh, under the influence of of uh, the medicine, so we lit a fire. He wrote a poem to uh, the tobacco plants. Thanks for being with me all these years, but it's time we said goodbye. Threw <laughs> mm. it into the fire with his last mm. box of cigarettes and his matches. And um, yeah, uh, <laughs> about a year later, he he still hasn't uh, touched a cigarette once. Um, so so those are the kinds of uh, insights that we can glean and that we can 
uh, steep ourselves in um, through this kind of work. Mm-hmm. There was another woman I worked with who um, was really struggling with her emotions, feeling very disconnected from herself and from the people around her. And so mm-hmm. one of her intentions coming into the experience was to just rekindle that connection. And in the middle of the experience, there was um, uh, a visual. There was, there was this uh, meeting that she had with a dark black shadow. And it was this big, mm-hmm. scary shadow that was coming towards her. And she Mm -hmm. knew that it had been there a long time, but she didn't know what it was. Uh, Mm -hmm. And part of the medicine work is learning how to prepare for what happens when you do face experiences that are uncomfortable or sensations or memories that are scary. And so Mm -hmm. she, she learned that the shadow was there to teach her something. She moved Mm -hmm. towards it and she looked at this shadow in the eye and she said, what are you here to teach me? What, what brought you Mm -hmm. here? And she mm-hmm. learned that that dark shadow was actually unprocessed grief for her mother that had passed away about five years earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. when her mother had passed, she just shoved it under the rug and, you know, not mm-hmm. fully dealt with it. And, and under the influence of the medicines, she was able to face it head on. There was a lot of crying and catharsis and release, and it was absolutely beautiful. And the next day, she was just just bubbly, just skipping and dancing everywhere, and and smiling. <laughs> and the, the connection, right? The connection hadn't been created, but it had been uncovered. Sure. Yeah. So. Right. I had an experience a couple of weeks ago with one of my uh, students, and. He said that there's something that has been hanging out in the peripheral for his whole life he's been trying to get rid of. And it made, it was making him feel um, really uncomfortable, you know, like his whole life really uncomfortable. And so we got really brave in our session, and I said, okay, let's, let's look at this thing and let's ask what this is, right? What is it here to teach us? What is it? Mm-hmm. And it turned out it was all his ancestors and all his relations. And when I asked him what they were giving to him or what they were trying to show him or teach him, it was love. It was self-acceptance. It was gratitude. And all this time he thought it was something that was there to harm him, something he needed to get rid of. But it was his lineage trying to back him up in this lifetime. And, like, what a difference it makes to hold space for somebody, right, Nate? When, when, when someone needs a healing, to have somebody who can hold that safe space for them so that they can, right, they can transform, they can look that thing they're afraid of, look at it head on and say, what are you here to teach me? What, what are you? What is this? And then instead of it being the mind creating all of these things of what it could be, you actually get down to the root of what it is. And lo and behold, you know, sometimes it's really, really, really beneficial. <laughs> we don't mm. want to get rid of it, you know? And it's like to uncover it and see what it is is incredible. And so for this woman, I mean, come on, right? Oh, my goodness. I was a smoker for 20 years, and I had uh, acupuncture treatment that set me free. 
But same thing, big, ugly monster fed as a light until it transformed into something, transformed into this big, tattooed, blue Heidi. And then a couple of years later, James Cameron came out with Avatar. Seriously. I was like this big blue warrior girl. And like, and then I brought that, that woman back into me, you know, that badass back into me. And it's like, instead of wasting my energy, badassing, you know, smoking cigarettes and that buying into that whole facade of what society had created was, was cool. You know, I really truly became cool because <laughs> I brought the fear of the party, you know, back into myself. And so I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it when I get to interview people who are like me, which is, is, you know, I mean, we all facets of each other, but it's super cool to, uh, to hear your stories of holding space for people. This is huge. Do you work with ayahuasca too? Did you just do, what were the plants that you, what are the plants that you specialize in working with or do you do all of them? Um, yeah, for, for the purposes of, of discretion, I'll say that I work with, uh, really wonderful natural medicines that come from the earth. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I am still a student and, and there's such a depth to it, but your story is beautiful but as well. And it reminds me that there's just nothing more satisfying than connecting with the truth of who we are. And uh-huh. in yeah. communication with that truth, there's, there's a harmony. There's a harmony that we're all seeking in our lives and it's easier when we do it together with our arms around our neighbor's back. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Holding space is really amazing. Um, okay, and what about the work with what about the work with the children? What have you been doing with children? What what's happened in that in that experience in your life? Hmm. Yeah, children, so when I uh when I had graduated, um from Michigan, I moved to Colorado, and I was working mm-hmm. as an outdoor uh, education guide, uh, basically bringing kids age six to twelve out into nature uh, for hiking expeditions, going rock climbing, going uh, kayaking, and uh, you know, nature is is really the only teacher that we need, and kids pick up and tune into that so intuitively. So um, I'll give you an example. We were, we were out climbing some rocks near Boulder, Colorado, and there was a, a seven-year-old girl named Tyler, and she, she was really um, struggling with fear throughout the day. These were big rocks, and she's a small seven-year-old girl. And uh, by the end of the day, you know, I'm sitting the group down, and we're going in a circle talking about our, our roses and thorns, what we like today, what we didn't like. And she says, she, she goes into this amazing little dialogue. She says, you know, when we were rock climbing today, there was a moment where I looked up at the rocks and I, I was really scared to climb them. But what I realized is that sometimes rocks that seem um, really big actually aren't that hard to climb at all. But sometimes rocks that seem really small are harder to climb than I think. And the only way to figure it out is to try. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Nature, nature, children in nature. Um, my goodness. What do you have coming up, Nate? What's going on? What's going on here now in the future? What do you want people to know about? You know, go into your website. We should probably tell everybody what that is. And there's a link in the description for the show and how to get in touch with you. So right now you are in New York, right? You're in New York. 
are you staying there for a while? Are you facilitating stuff there? What's happening? Yeah, at the moment I'm I'm based in New York. Uh, I am traveling around doing different workshops and retreats. Um, essentially, my work these days is focused on uh, facilitating mindfulness-based group experiences, and that mm-hmm. comes in the form of meditation classes. That comes in the form of uh, these plant medicine retreats, uh, nature expeditions, and sometimes just the good old-fashioned party. So really, I'm I'm in the stage where the the, the service that I bring to people is in the form of group connection, amplifying group flow, giving people spaces and voices to really um, sit into a very deep space within themselves and with each other. Um, I do a lot of writing these days, so I'm working with a few of the meditation apps, like you mentioned, uh, and also some blogs. But, yeah, if, if people want to find me, my website is natemccanian.com, and um, I, I love, as, as if you couldn't tell by now, I just love connecting with this tribe of people who are interested in this work um, and really just, just stepping into the full um, wave and ride and contrast of life is, is what I'm focusing on personally right now. We talked a lot about positivity and deep connection and belonging, but um, I wasn't... Uh, I'm not, I, I like to think that, that traveling taught me that life is not all roses and unicorns, right? As, as many times as I had moments of magic, I also mm-hmm. had moments where I was visiting the Doc, uh, Dachau concentration camp in Germany and I saw the extreme limits that the human heart can go in the other side. So right. how do we find a resting place in the middle of it all? Um, this, this is what I'm focusing on right now. And, um, yeah, that's that's the the community that I'm trying to cultivate in my life. I love it. I love it. I'm there with you. My mom was born in a concentration camp, so I get it. Um, one foot in what we have done, and one foot in where we can grow into. Yeah, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. here we are in the middle of this miracle. You know, <laughs> miracles can be messy. And they can also be beautiful. And so I am so loving that we have gotten connected and um, and cultivating community. That's where it's all about. So I'm assuming people check your website for upcoming things that they can connect with you on. I would love to have you back on the show again down the road a little bit and find out what else you're doing, you know, and and see see where things are taking you. You just landed landed again and I am so honored you came on the show and shared your love and your light and your um, being with us. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Every time we talk, Heidi, I, I find myself feeling so uplifted and just left with a smile on my face. So thank you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. It's uh, We're all circling up, and there's lots of stuff that we have coming up for everybody to be involved with. Um, Nate and I are figuring out how we can work together on things also, and I look forward to many more fabulous conversations and sending more love out into the world. Thanks, Nate, for Thanks for being you. I love you. And um, okay. love you any too. last parting words? Any last parting words for everybody? And say anything? Um, yeah. Just uh, take a deep breath. That's it. 
God, I love it. We often we often say what we what we need to hear ourselves. So there's yeah, a lot of exactly. emotions. Maybe I just need to expand that container. I'm taking a deep breath after this call. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I love it. It's fabulous. Yay. Oh, that's so good. All right, everybody. Big heart loving breath in and big heart loving breath out. And we are in this together. So you've been listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heidi Little, and I've been here. Uh, Nate, how do you say your last name? McCannion? McCannion, yeah. McCann- yeah, with a, with a uh. With an A sound in the second with, with name? An, uh, with an A. Uh, it's, it's an Iranian name that's actually pronounced Mahanian. But uh, Western oh. people don't with that. So you could just say however you want. Mahanian, Mahanian. Uh, well, you teach me, and I'll know better next time because I'll have more conversations <laughs> with me. So for the meantime, you're going to go to N-A-T-E-M-A-C-A-N-I-A-N for retreat possibilities and community in Manhattan, I guess, right, in, in New York, and um, share this podcast out because you never know who needs to hear what's been said here, and many hearts make light work. So much love to everyone. Nate, I'll talk to you real soon, and love and blessings to you, brother, and love and blessings to everybody who's listening to this podcast whenever it comes into your frequency and your field. All right, here we grow. Thanks, Nate. Okay, ciao.